Two weeks ago, a lady on the radio that I was listening to summed it up pretty well. She said, I told you, I told you that after Halloween, it's like a runaway train coming at you. Halloween to Thanksgiving and right on into Christmas, it's a runaway train and there's nothing you can do about it. And boy, isn't she right. There seems to be such a rush through December. And not only are there so many activities and good things to do, there is also that constant barrage of television commercials reminding us at every turn that we must go out and buy or go online and buy. And each store is promising they have the deal like no other store has. And each sale is guaranteed to blow your mind because the deals are so unbelievable. And it makes people dance in the aisles of the stores if you've seen those commercials. And on the way to church, we, as we come here, we listen to radio stations that are busy playing sentimental holiday favorites about chestnuts on open fires. And Burl Ives keeps singing Holly Jolly Christmas, which I really like. Uh, we come to church and we hear the voice of Jesus. And it sounds so strange. In those days... Before the flood, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving in marriage. And until the day Noah entered the ark, they knew nothing about it until the flood came and swept them all away. Merry Christmas to you, Jesus, right? There will be two. One will be taken and one will be left. There, and then he concludes with, with the reminder that the Son of Man comes like a thief in the night. Well, what is Jesus talking about and why does it matter? Is the message of the Bible just so out of sync with us that we just shouldn't care anymore and go about our normal business? Why should we bother with Advent at all? Well, let's look at that runaway train a little bit closer for a moment. And let me paint for you a picture of life without Advent. We would see how quickly things change when the stores replace their Halloween candy with Christmas decorations. And then usually about a week or ten days before Thanksgiving, radio stations begin playing Christmas music. And according to the tradition of the season, officially begins with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which we love to watch in our house. And stores begin advertising Black Friday. And Black Friday, which if you noticed is a term that is hardly ever used in a positive note. Black Friday actually begins sometime on Thursday, which makes it really hard to go out and buy things that you need for, you know, just to make a pumpkin pie like I wanted to do on Thursday night and unfortunately found myself really having a hard time doing that. And then after Thanksgiving, stores begin counting down 25 days until Christmas. And then the media joins in and starts counting down 12 days of Christmas and makes us feel guilty for being those last-minute shoppers. And then we finally arrive on Christmas Day so that we look forward to that new blockbuster movie that's opening that night. So we can go uh, celebrate the birth of Christ by watching a movie. And then stores immediately begin advertising the after Christmas Day sales, which begin on December 26th. And car dealers are so uh, trying, desperate to get rid of their inventory before the end of the year, and we feel compelled to oblige them. And so then when we do 
finally get to New Year's, we look back and realize that we didn't do much of what we wanted, or even if we did certain things, we may not have enjoyed it the way that we think we should have, and we can't wait for the kids to get back in school, and we can zone out in front of the TV and finally watch those college football games and join Weight Watchers and make those resolutions and all the time grasp for something meaningful that will make it all seem worthwhile and because we know that it's all going to just start over again next year. And I didn't even mention major holiday stressors like family strife, family getting together, and, and money, and how much of a burden that puts on people's budgets. Are you tired yet? <laughs> well, that is the life of this season for many people. Maybe not many of us here in church, but certainly uh, brought to us in our culture, uh, which is brought to us by an entertainment culture. Uh, Corporations and marketing firms and the media always acts as a willing accomplice. And while it's not necessarily bad in and of itself, I mean, there's nothing necessarily evil, and there's plenty of room for fun and family and food. It's just that when it comes to Providing and caring for your soul. Hedonism and capitalism are just not the best providers. I mean, despite what we are fed through most of the year, and in particular during this time of year, our primary identity is not that we are consumers. We don't exist to purchase and possess And we are never going to be fulfilled if we just jump from one thrill to the next thrill and one event to the next just in order to avoid boredom or really to avoid getting real with ourselves. So in fact, Jesus' harsh words in Matthew seem to be a warning saying that very thing, keeping us alert and being on watch for something else, something that's more authentic, something that's more life-giving that God has to offer us during this time of year. So what we do in church is that we try to honor a different cycle, calling the Advent-Christmas-Epiphany cycle. And just by obliging that cycle itself doesn't bring us salvation necessarily. It's just it's designed to increase the likelihood that along the way, through that process, we will hear and we will see God working in the world. Observing Advent helps us to stay alert, and giving ourselves to God's story is good for our souls, because God's story is the story that brings light and life. So what we do is we move from Christ the King Sunday Advent. And we observe four Sundays of Advent, which teach us the discipline of waiting, a discipline of longing for ultimate fulfillment. And so we light one candle each week, and some of us at home use Advent calendars to heighten our awareness of something that is building and coming and worth waiting for that's in the works. Advent means coming. God has come, but yes, God is also coming again. 
And so we live in between the already and the not yet. And living in between, we can recognize that not all is right with the world. We recognize fully during Advent that there is pain and there is suffering, that our loved ones die and we long and miss those who have passed on before us. And so observing Advent helps us in many ways to have permission to pray for and to abide with those who are lonely and some who are depressed during what the season wants to say is the most wonderful time of the year. And the time of Advent expectation culminates in the Christmas season. The Christmas season doesn't begin after Thanksgiving. It begins on December 25th, Christmas Day. And the Christmas season is more than one day. It lasts for 12 days. Hence, we sing the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas My True Love Gave to Me. And those 12 days of Christmas from Christmas Day to Epiphany, that reflects an older tradition of giving gifts, not all at once when there's just a mound of wrapping paper on the living room floor, but one day, one gift for each day for 12 days until Twelfth Night. If you've heard of that or read that Shakespeare play, Twelfth Night emphasizes that there is a time when, in some traditions, Epiphany on January 6th was actually the height of the season. It was actually more important, more celebrated than Christmas Day because it's not so much that Jesus came, but it's that we finally recognize it. And so that's why we celebrate Epiphany uh, on January 6th. And according to traditions, Twelfth Night is either the night before January 6th or the night of January 6th. But uh, it's, it's, it's helpful to know that some churches and some families are starting to recover Epiphany celebrations and not taking down Christmas decorations until January the 6th. And even then, the Epiphany season continues and lasts all the way through Transfiguration of the Lord Sunday, which is the Sunday right before Ash Wednesday, which we begin with Lent. So, So as hard and as abrasive as they may be to our sensibilities, Jesus' words of warning in Matthew 24 are what we actually need to hear. They're good for our souls because they help us to prepare. It's a perfect way to kick off Advent, because not the Christmas season, but to the Advent season, with the reminder that not all is right with the world. There is waywardness. There is sin. There is a need to repent and to turn back to God and prepare our hearts and our world for the coming of Christ. And so there is that reminder in all of that, in Advent, that there is a God who cares about all that is in our lives and all that we may think is wrong with our lives. And that there is a God who is inviting us to take hold of the life that really is life, to stay awake, to live a life that is more rich and more full than the life that we would have if we were just left to our own devices. I like the language that Isaiah uses in chapter 2. And remember, Isaiah is talking to a people who were constantly being attacked. The northern kingdom was attacking them. 
Uh, Modern-day Syria, which was, back then was called Aram, was attacking them. And eventually, the people became essentially a vassal state to the, under the control of Assyria. And in the face of all these defeats and all these rebellions happening, the people felt the need to seek out security and protection. And so Isaiah gives these words that are very comforting, comforting and reassuring. Isaiah says, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may learn to walk in his paths. Isaiah continues to demonstrate why this is important, because Yahweh, the God of the Jews, is bringing about something new. There is a shift in the universal consciousness that is happening, and we must pay attention to that shift. There we miss the point that God shall judge and God shall bring about peace so that swords become plows and spears that once used to kill people are now used to prune gardens. And people don't learn war anymore. They are learning to walk in the light of the Lord. That is why Advent is important. That is why we Advent together. It doesn't matter how countercultural it is. That's not the point. The point is that we have something to learn from God during this time. Isaiah believed that the way of the Lord brings true peace and true light. Paul said that we are to lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And Jesus reminds us that we can get so caught up in the day-to-day hustle and bustle of everyday living that we might actually miss how God is working in our lives in the everyday. So it's not about us being like the Puritans in the past who banned Christmas altogether. It's not like us needing to be like Scrooge and saying, Bah humbug, or being like the Grinch whose heart was two sizes too small. It's just that Isaiah and Paul and Jesus are talking about something that it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a prepackaged product that you can buy and that you can bring out of a box and put on a shelf and check off of your to-do list. The, to experience the workings of God may happen when a certain song plays, but guess what? It may not. God's sightings are not something that we manufacture, nor is God's action dependent upon us having a holiday spirit or not. Discerning the movement of the holy in our lives takes practice, takes patience, takes waiting. It takes a willingness to forego instant gratification. It takes time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to do her strange and mysterious work in our lives. So the difference between the way our culture celebrates the holiday season and the way the Christian faith observes Advent shows that many of our society's customs are not the same as church customs. I mean, we know that to be true throughout the year. It's just becomes glaringly obvious now. I mean, just look at the fights that break out at the stores over doorbuster deals. That's proof enough. But even for most of us, 
taking Advent seriously is still a challenge. Most of us aren't going to wait until Christmas Eve to put up the Christmas tree and to hang the mistletoe. And in our house, it's really hard to leave the decorations out until January the 6th when the kids are going back to school that day. But this Advent, let me hope that you will take Jesus' warning to heart and try to make one change in your life, just one change in your life that will be good for your soul. You might take relief in remembering that the Christmas season doesn't actually begin until Christmas Day, and then it even lasts 12 days, and so that takes a little bit of pressure off now. You might realize that some of the things that you have to do on your to-do list don't actually have to get done in order for Jesus to show up. You might talk to your kids about the glut of commercials on TV and ask them to focus on relationships and being together rather than being consumers and possessors at such a young age. If you're a caregiver, perhaps you can ask for help or receive an offer for someone to help you so that you can have just a little bit of time to do something for yourself without the guilt. You might decide not to be angry about what is so often called the war on Christmas and instead take that energy and focus on something else, something that will give you life and energy and make you happy. No matter what you do, let it be your prayer this Advent that this season might be a time that you listen to the Lord and that the Lord may teach you his ways and that you might learn to walk in his paths. Amen.